0: Hi, this is Sarah Fox,
1: and this is Maggie Kramer, and
0: you are listening to Binge and Christmas, the podcast where we watch and sort of review, maybe more discuss all of the It's a Wonderful Lifetime Christmas movies, so that you don't have to.
1: So, right off the top, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our fair podcast. We are really in the home stretch when it comes to the It's a Wonderful Lifetime extravaganza so stick around uh today's film is matchmaker christmas um which again has another pretty solid cast and our second appearance of Corey sevier who was sloan in grounded for christmas yeah where um, i'm
0: a, i've decided i'm a major fan of his
1: yeah i really enjoy him too he was great um, so we also have Emily Rose, who I recognized from ER. I got very excited when I realized where I was placing
0: her. Okay. that I was like, why do I know that name?
1: Yeah, she was in, like, the last two seasons of ER. She, um, she was on Brothers and Sisters. Uh, she is definitely someone who is recognizable by face, but... I don't think people will know her name specifically. Um, There was also that
0: movie, The Exorcism of Emily Rose starring Dexter's ex-wife slash sister.
1: Oh my God. I forgot that movie existed. Um, All right. So Lifetime describes this movie as such. As the Christmas party for a book publishing company approaches, editor Maggie volunteers to help her boss Amanda find a date matchmaking is a bit of a hobby for maggie but she is thrown off her game when jackson her old boyfriend from her college years shows up at her work as a newly signed successful author maggie would love to deny she feels anything for him still but jackson isn't making it easy she'll have to face her decisions of the past along with amanda eyeing jackson to bring together the perfect matches at christmas it's
0: extensive I mean, fairly accurate, but, like, leaves off some significant things. Like, he's not just her ex-college boyfriend. He's her ex, like, fiancé. Fiancé.
1: Yeah, so so much so that she still has the ring he gave her. Like, boyfriend is is very,
0: um... I also thought that that was kind of a dick move, that she still had the ring. Like, aren't you supposed to give back the ring if you don't get married? Like, if you just break an engagement.
1: I had the same note. Um, so we start off the movie with, a like, an engagement party toast, and I started writing notes about the, like, awkward guy giving the toast, but then we learn that the story is not about him, it's about Maggie, who brought this couple together and are toasting her at their engagement party, and I got confused, because for a second I thought she did this for, like, a living, like, I thought she was, like, a professional matchmaker.
0: Yeah, that's but- what I thought, too. And then I was yep. very confused about what her office was.
1: Yeah, it was. I think that that was purposeful. So it did its job. But we learned that she, this is a hobby. And she's actually an editor at a publishing company. Um, and she wants her. She convinces her boss, Amanda, to let her set her up. Her boss is kind of awkward and needy. Um But the best part of the first like five minutes Are the office buddy For like He
0: continuously is great
1: Yes I don't remember his name
0: No me neither So he's not super (laughs) 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 memorable Um Roland reminds me of The little person that was on Sabrina The teenage witch who was also (laughs) A witch that wanted to marry Sabrina
1: I forgot about that
0: Um And he like hated Harvey um oh, yeah. sorry <laughs> so, side note uh,
1: wait is i'm trying I, to okay
0: sorry. like yeah, nope. three times in the scene that you just described i wrote maggie seems nonplussed maggie still seems nonplussed like she's just not she's, Im- she's not impressed with anything in this movie ever
1: No, and she's not an outwardly emotive person, which honestly, I kind of appreciated after a lot of overacting in the last 24 movies. Um, The fact that she plays Maggie kind of calm and cool and collected without any trauma-induced anxiety or OCD um, is kind of refreshing.
0: Yeah, I get that, and I agree, but also she was at an engagement, being like, eh, whatever or like it's like she gets like a new client and she's like okay
1: so we oh my god um i'm like reading back over my notes and determining when i hit all caps um i I, though you may think that all caps means that i dislike this movie i didn't really have a huge problem with this one honestly no i thought
0: this was good um I wrote about how great her hair was and continues to be throughout the whole movie several times. Correct. Um, And I I I forgot in
1: a relatable way.
0: Yes. Yes. Totally. Um, You know, like great with a curling iron. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I kept forgetting Corey Sevier's character's name, so I was just calling him Push Up Pilot the whole time.
1: Push Up Pilot. That's awesome. Uh, Which could also be his stripper names. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and Um, they spelled
0: Jackson with an X, which made me mad.
1: Um, this is when I realized I like what I wrote in my notes was I like this setup. It's definitely contrived, but it's funny. So we find out that he, um, Jackson Jones is a famous mystery and like thriller author, and their little publishing company signs him and she's assigned as his editor and there's a scene where we know that she broke off an engagement with this guy um, but we don't and we know that this is the guy but she's not letting her boss know so there's this very funny little moment of like they're introducing themselves um, it's cute and it's kind of awkward
0: and... and I like that she like kind of won't look at him and she's like hello Mr. Jones
1: yes <laughs> like... Uh so they go and have a meeting, and he wants to dabble in new genres. Um, he feels he's earned the right to write what he wants, which I respect. He was able to say that in a take that was well enough to put, that was good enough because <laughs> uh, it's really hard to say. Um, so she talks about like wanting to keep it professional, and so and we learn that they were engaged in college. And she got some sort of, like, scholarship to Oxford, and he got upset about her wanting to leave, and so they broke up. Apparently there was also some sort of age difference, though that was never fully
0: I don't think they meant – they kept saying the age thing, and I don't think they meant that there was an age difference. I think they meant that they were just so young, because that comes up a lot later in the movie.
1: Okay, I think you might be right, and that would make more sense, because – i kind of thought when they kept saying the age thing i did think difference but that would make more sense as to why like he would get upset about her wanting to go to oxford
0: yeah and why her family was super not cool with him
1: yeah so i they you know they're like okay the past is in the past we'll move forward um i wrote at this point he seems kind of genuine in this interaction i don't hate him
0: no, um, what I did hate, did you notice his business card?
1: It has the, like, big feathery pen. Yeah, and it, yeah, it has, like,
0: a wispy quill on it. Yeah. And it's, like, author. And I'm like, I, that, no, I, do novelists have business cards?
1: Uh, I don't think so. My guess, like... And if he did really have a business card, it would also, like, have his Twitter handle on it, because he'd be, if he was, like, a mystery thriller writer.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think we're, like, supposed to believe he's in, like, the,
1: like, echelon of a, of a, maybe not necessarily, like, a Stephen King, but.
0: No, that's who came to my mind, too. I think he's more, like, who's the one that writes the thrillers about, like, the lawyers? John Grisham. Yes. I was thinking he was a Grisham.
1: That's a good, I think that's a solid comparison.
0: You know, like, Um, not super famous, you wouldn't recognize him on the street, but, like, you note the appearance of his name at the airport.
1: Correct. Or, like, if he, like, he probably gives a, you know, an interview twice a year to, like, Inc. Magazine. Where you're like, why is he in this weird magazine? Okay. Or, like, maybe if he's cool, he does, like, GQ instead. Um, So she pulls out the box of relationship stuff, which is where we find she's kept the ring. Um, I wrote that super shitty. I wrote that super bold. (laughs) Um, So she finds 11 men for her boss, Amanda, to choose from.
0: Um, yeah, and she creates, like, a creepy fold. Like, remember the binders <laughs> full of women controversy? Yes. This is a binder full of men.
1: It is. It's like a folio. It's like a leather folio. That sh- she's created, I'm, like, a dossier
0: of men. Do they go to the same gym, or is that <laughs> in their office?
1: I think it's supposed to be in their office, but my favorite is... This is later on after she goes on one of the dates and they're supposed to be on like elliptical machines and they're full on not moving. They're like fully stationary and not sweating at all. Yet oh, no, they're
0: never out. moving at the gym at one point. They're just like sitting on the floor.
1: Yes, it was, it was. It was as if the writer said to himself, where do ladies talk? Where do ladies talk? And he was like, you know where they talk? Ladies talk at the gym. I should set some of these scenes in the gym. They'd be gym buddies.
0: Also, like, she had, like, not just, like, ponytails, she had, like, gym updos. Yeah. I, I'm i pretty sure this was written by a dude. Which Hold is on. fine. I have the IMDb jack- app, I can see. So if I can get she... away. It was directed by a dude, but written by a woman.
1: Okay, so, maybe that was his feedback. I don't know. the bitches
0: talk at the gym.
1: Exactly. Ladies like to talk at the gym. Um, that's where you guys oh. go. You go to, like, <laughs> yoga class. Well,
0: the writer is also known for writing a movie called Snow Beast. What? Which appears to be an actual thriller about an abominable snowman. It is.
1: It is <gasps> about...
0: S- um. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a horror movie, but an actual abominable snowman. What? Um, yep. It's about um, this place in the Canadian wilderness where people disappear every year, but this year the body count is increasing. Oh, no. And um, some guy and his research team trek into the Canadian wilderness to study the Canadian lynx, however the lynx this year is missing. Where and is most something? of the wildlife is, I guess, eaten by the abominable snowman. Oh, and his daughter is missing. Oh, oh. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> I need to just read the sentence and then we can go back to the movie. Um, okay. As they conduct their study, something is stalking them—something not human, something that no prey can escape, including human prey.
1: <laughs> what? I, I don't understand what. Yeah. This movie is. So
0: this, I want to know how this, this woman. Was
1: this before or after?
0: This is from 2011.
1: So she first her, like, first significant foray into screenwriting was an abominable snowman thriller. And then she went on to write
0: this. Yeah, it's like a genuine abominable snowman horror movie.
1: I can't tell if I'm really... I really respect that, or if I'm deeply offended.
0: Well, in the same year, she also wrote something called Sense and Sensibility Sense Like Smell.
1: Like S E N T S? S C E
0: N T S? -S? Yep.
1: Um, What
0: What is this person's name? Brittany Wiscombe. Brittany Wiscombe, yes. if you'd like to come on our podcast and
1: talk to us about this absolutely incredible trajectory as a screenwriter, please reach out because we really would love to hear more about it.
0: Yeah, that movie is about two sisters. One is a janitor at a spa, and the other one is in marketing but also makes scented lotions. Oh, and Marla Solacoff is in it.
1: Oh wow. It's,
0: it's all come in full circle.
1: This is this is a, a tangential episode of hot takes actually.
0: Okay, so okay. maybe in our next podcast we have to we have to deep dive into this brilliance. But let's go I, back to Matchmaker Christmas. Okay.
1: So, um they kind of call the um they call the sorry, I just got a notification about impeachment. Um, so, she cuts it down. Um,
0: Very decisively.
1: Yes. And it goes from 11 men um, to 4? Is it 4 or 5?
0: I think it's 4. Okay.
1: So, She decides she asks Maggie if she can set up all of these dates on the same day, like fucking round robin interview style. Yes. uh, And then so then we get our montage, which is always which is good. Um, This montage was specifically funny because it starts with a man who is like six foot eleven Compared to her boss's like five foot two frame, wait, and it's you're skipping
0: funny. the part where we find out Jackson. So she has a she's talking to Marvin that owns the cafe about going on a date with Amanda, uh-huh. and then she's having a meeting with Jackson there.
1: Oh, you're right. I did skip that um, scene where he meets her sister, or not and, meets, but like yeah, yeah,
0: and she's a real bitch to him, which is amazing.
1: Oh, she's cold.
0: Yeah. Um, and then there's sort of the revolving door dates where there's the guy that's way too tall, and the guy that was, like, creepily into sci-fi really entertained me, too. It
1: was, it was pretty funny.
0: That was good. And she's, like, just sitting there waiting outside by the window.
1: Oh, yeah, she's, like, sitting on a bench, and he, like, she, it, I like the whole montage
0: yeah that was cute and then she actually has chemistry with marvin thank god yep which is like so yeah that was nice and they agree to go out again
1: they agree to go out again and while she's watching while she's in the uh the date with marvin jackson like rolls by and is like why are you spying on your boss while she goes on dates that's weird and she explains that this is kind of her hobby now And that six couples are married from her setups uh, Which is pretty funny um, That's a
0: huge That's a huge number for that
1: It is It's a very uh, It's a very Big number because And like think about it Do you do like one a year? Like two a year? What's, right
0: like how long has this been going on? Mm-hmm I mean, honestly, just how do you know that many people?
1: And how do you like that many people? Like, like them enough to want to set them up with your friends?
0: You know, I think at that point it's not about liking the people. I think it's more about, like, a narcissistic need to be, like, the matchmaker of the group. Yes. Yes. Because, I mean, I certainly, I mean, like, six couples, it's a total of 12 people. I, I don't know. I don't know that I like 12 people, IRL.
1: Yeah. Well, and I also feel like her work friend does at one point call out the fact that, like, she spends all of this time matchmaking for her friends and nothing for herself. And it feels like a very concerted way to not ever. Date yourself because you're always setting your friends Up with people it is pretty funny Yeah
0: it's living vicariously it is Pretty funny
1: so We this is The point Um. Oh and so Okay this is also when we find out that They agree to go on a second date and One of the choices About so she's like he said We could go to an Italian restaurant a, Like she calls the second Restaurant boutique Chinese Which I know I was like what does that even mean (laughs) Um, It did make me want sesame chicken though. Um, And then Or the third was he can cook for her At the restaurant and Maggie's like oh that's Really cute you should do that Cooking like That's a nice intimate thing To do Um, So They um, This is the point in the story where I wrote Okay there are two Clear plot lines here Both stand steadily on their own. I'm not angry at this one. Thank you, Lifetime, because the last one had me pretty pissed off.
0: No, this one is definitely a vast, vast improvement from the last movie. And I also think that this movie is self-aware enough to make fun of itself a little bit. Um, For example, with the name of Jackson's book that made him famous, (laughs) which is A Tiger's Burden. A
1: Tiger's Burden. And I like that she kind of makes a face when she says it, and he also is like, "Yeah, Uh, oh yeah." She
0: she meant there. So he makes her. He has a weird habit of waiting for her outside her office, like a stalker. Um, and like pulls her aside, and he's like, "I have this research that you have to go on because you're my editor, and it's a sleigh ride in the snow."
1: Um, but a sleigh ride that whose CGI is so bad that is uh, like it is a little distracting.
0: Yeah, and so they talk about the tiger is burden, and he's like, yeah, well, you know, like you read that, and she's like, oh, yeah, fine, I read it, and she's like, well, I've had better stuff since then, and she's like, oh, you have, you've written better stuff.
1: Yeah, he. Uh, he mentions that his movie or his movies his books are mostly about where is it world domination schemes which
0: yeah they say like mystery and thriller but then they also so i this was all in one conversation Mm -hmm. um period peace civil war scientific background mystery thriller
1: Yeah, he's a little all over the place. I did note at this point that the banter between these two is actually really good.
0: It is cute. They're, like, deprecating in a way that's funny.
1: Yes, like, they go back and forth, and he says he got tired of New York, and he left two months ago. Um he says that he's shocked that she moved back from Oxford and she kind of goes through her whole resume and she kind of like has jumped around a lot and she's never really stayed at one place for very long. Um, I wrote down, oh, wow, she has quite the resume. But then like not three seconds later, he was like, what's wrong with you?
0: (laughs) Yeah, he needles her about that a lot. Mm. Also, do we ever know where they are? No, I was going to ask the same question.
1: Obviously, somewhere... And, hey, we have no winter storm Megan.
0: Right. So there's no Megan, and we, like... We don't actually have a location. It's, Correct. like, home.
1: That Yes, they do refer to it as home quite often. Uh, so, um, he makes... So then we get the another scene with Je- uh, Amanda, the boss, and Marvin, the cafe owner, and I thought it was really cute that he made, um... Like, soup and sandwiches. Like, he kept it really simple.
0: Yeah, that date was adorable.
1: And then she still kind of shuts him down and says, well, I only see him as a friend. So that was sad.
0: I, I, and you kind of get, like, there's a scene where you see the awkward accountant guy, like, clearly be interested in her. And, like, Maggie's friend picks up on it and tries to point it out. So, like, they hint that, like, something is going to happen there. But that, yeah. that kind of makes the whole Marvin scene... Like, now, we're, yeah, now it's just pointless and we're sad for Marvin. Like, they could yeah. have left the whole matchmaking thing at, like, the just, date yeah. montage.
1: It also was really funny when sh- her friend is picking up on the like flirtiness or like um Chester the accountant being kind of into the boss um Maggie he's like what about Chester and Maggie's like oh he's an accountant and he goes what accountants are incapable of love and I died I thought that was fantastic
0: he is he's is really really great and I want to see him and more stuff uh yes he is um, the Judy Greer of this movie and I hope that one day he will become the star she has
1: become. Oh, I love it. I agree. So we flash to them going to Jackson and Maggie going ice skating. Um and she can't skate at all, which is really funny.
0: There's also like I don't I don't know if it's just like a small town rink, but they like desperately need to Zamboni.
1: It's It was the same with you light up my Christmas. It drove me up the wall. Like, groom the ice, man.
0: Yeah, like, she's, like, probably having a hard time skating because she's basically skating through mountains of snow.
1: (laughs) Okay, so we have... This is another hot take. Um, So we get an almost kiss...
0: And yeah, he basically admits that, like, he came back because he found out, not came back, but like is now being represented by this firm because he found out she works there.
1: Right. He, and so we kind of get the setup for, you know, what we know is coming. But it is, they, they earn it and they build this up very well. Um, so she is decorating cookies with, her sister and she talks about kind of the fact that she has some regrets and she she never you know she wished that the timing was different Um, and then Jack's so we flash to her in her house making gingerbread houses as decorations for the Christmas party for the company and we get our like mini ghost scene because we have to have one
0: I did write how does he know where she lives that's sounds, never established.
1: Yeah, he's, it sounds vaguely as if he's been stalking her for a bit, but whatever.
0: Yeah. Um, and then I wrote, touching and cooking really gets people going in Lifetime movies.
1: Yes. And then.
0: It really does. I wrote, why hasn't he done push-ups in this movie yet? <laughs> push-up
1: pilot. <laughs> he, Bring back to see,
0: push-up pilot.
1: We need to see his Disney Prince chest.
0: I need I to, to see this. some workout in Dorinda's fish room.
1: <laughs> oh my god, the fish room. Oh, okay. So he gives her a manuscript, and uh oh, it's the story of their love. But she dun, only gets dun, halfway dun. through it because she gets real pissed off because he essentially frames her family as the villain and her sister specifically is the villain and she gets real pissed off and she confronts him and he gets all defensive and he was like, well, haven't you read the end of it yet? And she's like, I don't think I need to, you know, we get the,
0: but like as a book editor, you're not going to read the end. I was entertained. Spoiler alert that when she does finally sit down to read the end, I thought we were going to get, like, a reading montage of her reading the whole book, and we literally see her skip to two parts, the middle and the end, and then, like, make her decision and put it down again. (laughs) Walk away.
1: And, like, run out. Yeah. It's, I will say that it's almost as if at, like, an hour and eight minutes, they realized they only had 20 minutes left, and they were like, ah, fuck, we gotta wrap this shit up. (laughs)
0: Oh, yeah, because it's not until now that we also get that the boss is interested in Jackson, which is, like, super inappropriate.
1: Especially because she's, like, the head of the entire
0: fiction version. Um, Um, But fine.
1: This is also where we get the very kind of quickly explained real background of the breakup, which is that her sister kind of was the villain, that, like, her sister convinced her parents that, like, everything was, you know, kind of too fast with them and they were too young. And then she shifts and is like, actually, I was really jealous of you because you were younger than me. And oh, yeah, also, is her sister saying Andrea or andrew is
0: her sister a lesbian she's i was wonder. i wrote down the exact same thing the first time she said it i thought she said andrea and i wrote down lesbians but then i think the second time she said it i do think she was saying andrew i also on top of that and not being able to place where they are cannot tell if her parents are alive
1: i they're alive because remember they talk about what to get their dad for christmas and he, she her sister okay. gets the hammock thing um so we, they're alive but they are very peripheral characters um so the one thing i also really didn't like about this scene was that her sister like convinces her to quit her job which she does she like full blown fucking resigns because she doesn't want to manage
0: this guy um yeah, that was weird. I also had a, a huge problem with the distractingly terrible art in Jackson's hall.
1: Yeah, I wrote the exact same thing. It's like a neon sunset.
0: Yeah, but it's like a field. It's like a neon landscape. That's it's, like, yeah, I don't. It looks like somebody made like a black light Van Gogh.
1: It's. It's really awful.
0: It's <laughs> terrible.
1: Whoever did the art direction did not do the best.
0: Yeah, whatever. Like basement, fucking eighties yard sale they pulled that out of. <laughs> Damn, or like
1: some blacklight dorm. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know. He he gets real mad. He like finds out she's quitting. And she he confronts her at a book signing or a book reading and they make the scene. And where do, how does
0: he keep finding out where she is?
1: I don't know. She he has a low jack on her, I guess. Um so uh, we this is when it did start to get a little bit exhausting. I really I didn't turn on this movie fully when she quit, but I did get angry because I thought it removed her agency, which is like what I like about these movies.
0: Yeah. Um, this is also where we find out that Chester and Amanda have history.
1: Yeah. Like legit history.
0: We get a lot of revelations in like a in seven scene. minute window of this Correct. movie.
1: We also get the phrase world famous Christmas chowder, which I was deeply uncomfortable with.
0: I also wrote Christmas chowder. <laughs> does and does not sound great. Yeah, I'd not i don't want to know what that is
1: nope so um i did feel sad for chester in that moment um i also that,
0: didn't like i well and then we see her like walking home from something and i just thought, how small is this town that she's walking by everywhere they've been
1: i there seems to be like one weird kind of disneyland looking main drag
0: yeah it, and it does,
1: it's like she lives in like Toontown, USA.
0: And so she decides to actually read the manuscript and I wrote that like I love that she skips ahead. And for some reason, instead of making the voiceover in her voice oh, as she's reading it, his. it's in his and that made it super creepy.
1: Yeah, I didn't like that either. And I also I just think the voiceover thing in those situations don't really work. Because we all know, like, it would have been better if there was some, like, moving music. Because we know she's reading, that, like, he still loves her and blah, blah, blah. Like, the specifics only come back later because of the cliché quote and, or cliché line. Yeah, like,
0: it didn't need to be said, and it especially didn't need to be said as his voice in her head after he's, like, low-key been stalking her this whole time
1: oh shit I got so I got the timeline mixed up a little bit so when she's decorating cookies they're talking about just how the time like she has some regrets now after the manuscript we find out that the sister sabotaged the relationship because she was jealous and being selfish and then we find out that her sister kind of is a villain Um, but then her sister flip flopped pretty legitimately like and quickly in the moment like She was like, well, I want to go after him. And her sister was like, all right, yeah, go for
0: it. Um, I won't stop you now because I'm already married and have kids. Correct. So
1: she gets out the engagement ring and she puts it on a chain and wears it as a necklace.
0: I wrote that down, too, because I thought it was so specific that I thought that it was going to be from the book.
1: Oh yeah. I did Okay, you're right. That was a good that would have been better.
0: Right. Like if they didn't have the creepy voiceover when she was reading the book, I thought he was going to like see her wearing the necklace. And no. Right.
1: Yeah, that would have been way better and way less heavy-handed because in this instance, so Jackson is originally going to the holiday party with Amanda the boss as like a I don't know, contrived nonsense thing. Um, he doesn't seem
0: to even acknowledge that it's a date.
1: Yeah. So, uh, they. She convinces Amanda to go talk to Chester, and that's a very cute little reunion. She's manning the toy table, and her buddy, her office buddy, is like, "You, I can hold this. I can hold on the fort. You go talk to Jackson." And so she confronts him and says, "Oh, you know, I never stopped loving you." And then she refers to him as a half-decent author, which I thought was really funny.
0: Yeah, that was pretty great. And they kind of like react like reenact the last scene from his book, which is like uh, a little much. Yeah, yeah, they've really beaten us with that. But they fine.
1: teetered on the edge of too much for the last I would say, 35 minutes of the movie. And in the last two, they go into it because not only do we get the reenactment of the scene of the book, we get the flash forward of one year later where the book is published and she's, like, on the book tour with him with the engagement
0: ring on. Oh, yeah. And they, like, are taking makeout breaks at, like, Barnes & Noble while people are waiting for him to sign his book.
1: Yeah, that's where it went from, like, somewhat grounded in reality to like full-blown nonsense
0: it it only happened in the last five minutes also nonsense because it's a man in his 30s releasing a christmas book and there's like
1: comic-con
0: nerds waiting for like i loved your book so much because i love your other books like no
1: it was one of the like one of the audience members is like i kept waiting for like the war or the like mystery to start, but it didn't. It was just like a sweet story, which is just. Yeah.
0: And that guy (laughs) looked like he could have been a nerdy side character on the big bang theory.
1: Yeah, it was. I, I think it really, it held on to me for about an hour and, you know, 21 minutes, 19 minutes. And then it went away. And it was... But
0: overall, not bad.
1: No, honestly, like, again, this is another one where if you have, like, a big family that needs something to watch where, like, no one, there's nothing controversial in any way, shape, or form, and you don't have to discuss what's going on in the world, like, this is a great one to do it.
0: And Corey Sevier is very good at, like, the chaste TV movie kiss with, like, a little fire behind it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's, I genuinely, like, kind of chuckled at this a few times, and it wasn't one where I, like, started checking how much longer at 17 minutes in. I think I checked after, like, the first commercial.
0: Because, yeah, yes, I like, her, and I liked her because she wasn't, like, shrill or type A or, like, no, she anything, was... really.
1: Yeah. She didn't have any, like, lifetime
0: trope, strong personality trait. If anything, she just like didn't seem thrilled. No, <laughs> the she played
1: nonplussed the whole movie. Yeah. She played it kinda kinda of low. I I I would reccom- I would recommend it. It's not in my top five of movies we've done, but it's also not um M- it's also not Christmas Stars, which I still like I had to work out again so I could get it.
0: Yeah, of it's not something that I wanna set on fire. Correct.
1: Well, next episode is a Christmas winter song, which is Ashanti's starring vehicle, um, which I'm a bit apprehensive about, but we'll see. I'll Um, I'll
0: agree with you on that one.
1: So be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us. Um, We are, like I said, in the kind of home stretch, and... Christmas is almost here. It's a week from, we're recording this on Wednesday the 18th. It's Christmas is coming in a week.
0: Yay.
1: Yay.
0: (laughs) And follow us at at BingingXMS on Twitter and Facebook. Um, We will see you next time. Have a very jingly day.